This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Today, we mark a grim anniversary. Two years ago, ISIS terrorists slaughtered or enslaved 10,000 Kurdish Yazidis on Sinjar Mountain in northern Iraq. The men were massacred, young boys forced to become child soldiers, and the women were kidnapped and forced into sex slavery. Reverend Majid Shafi of One Free World International has just returned from the region. He was there with a delegation from the Conservative Party on a mission to try to rescue or ransom some of the enslaved women. He's also trying to get some help from our government. Because for all the talk and the hype about how we are welcoming refugees, none of the Yazidis, who are the most persecuted of the persecuted have made it into Canada. I'd like to hear from you. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Reverend El Shafi is here in studio with me. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Pleasure and honor being here with you. Okay, so you are just back from the region. Tell us what you found. Uh, basically... We went to the refugee camps, and uh, we was able to meet with some of the a lot of the victims. But some of them, that girls was kidnapped, was um, raped up to twenty times a day. I saw a twelve years old. I saw nine years old was raped up to twenty day, times a day by ISIS. Uh, our organization is involved sometimes directly and indirectly in rescuing some of these girls. But the stories and the horror. That we met, we saw one lady that uh, uh, she tried to escape. So, as a punishment, they poisoned all her three uh, children. Uh, we saw another lady where uh, they used to tie her and gang rape her, five guys at a time, and uh, just it was overwhelming pain. And and the stories continue, and the genocide continue. Mm-hmm. So uh, how did these women get to the refugee camp? So many of them will escape on their own. Some of them will be helped by organizations like our organization by smuggling them across the border. Um, uh, and, and a lot of them will be killed uh, even trying to escape. We learned that it was estimated 7,000 Yazidi girls uh, been under ISIS uh, as as a sex slaves. Now, after two years, there is almost three thousand. So the four thousand different. A lot of them will commit suicide. A lot of them will be killed in a fight, and many of them will be rescued by us and other organizations on the ground. Uh, how do you rescue them? You basically ransom them, right? More or less. So through the Kurdish com- tribes is based on a tribe base. Through the the Kurdish tribes, you basically use them for uh, make a payment and to buy these girls. Uh, so not, they are like a go-between? 
Absolutely, yes, yes. The the whole point here is that ISIS put them in a market, and uh, it's a black market, and it's just a horrible thing even to hear about it or even to witness. But some of these girls, their prices will be different between 2,000 and 4,000 American dollars, depend on their age, their beauty, if they are virgin or not. It just is a sex slaves. So uh, we try to interfere and we try to buy some of these girls to free them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are there people who have issues with uh, that way of dealing with it? Quite honestly, I don't know. Uh, And quite honestly, I don't care. If this is your mother, if this is your daughter, if this is your wife or your sister, you will do more to rescue every and each one of them, especially the young ones that nine years old been raped 20 times a day. I will do everything in my power to rescue them, and I make no apology for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, again, uh, the, the women that you went, that you saw now are, have managed to escape, or they escaped with your help, and they are in refugee camps. That's correct. And what's going on in the refugee camps? The refugee camps itself... Uh, I was I was really, I think one of the things that disturbed me to see how the refugee camp itself is divided uh, to each group is, div- is division. And between the other minorities and the Muslim refugee camps, the Muslim Sunni refugee camps, there is a big wall or a big uh, a division between both of them for protection. Okay, so it's mm. is a physical wall. So the, mm. the refugee camps are organized according to... To ethnicity. That's correct. And there is a fences between the other minorities and the Muslim Sunnis. So it's so there are Muslim Sunnis there, there are Shiites that's correct. there are Kurds who are Muslim Sunnis, yes, no? The Kurds, no, that's was Kurdistan. So okay. mo, mo, most, the refugee camp that we went, some of the refugees from Syria or from Iraq. Okay. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and there are Yazidis there. And there is Yazidis, there is Turkmen, there is Shabak, which is Kurdish Shias. They're Muslim Shias. Okay. Mm. And and all of these are organized separately and kept away from each other. That's correct. And uh, and Christians as well, yes. Uh-huh. And they're probably kept away as well. Absolutely. Christians is completely outside of the camps. Like I went to one of the camps and the people in the and we have this on a tape. And the people in the camp said, We were all Muslims here. So I told him, why are all Muslims here? Where is the other minorities? Like, you know, refugees. He said, no, no, no minorities here. It's only us Muslims. And I didn't understand why even they will make a statement like that. So obviously in the refugee camp itself, there is discrimination to a big degree. Okay. And these are refugee camps run by the United Nations? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Uh, did you try to sort that out? The United Nations is condoning this kind of thing? I don't think even United Nations aware of it. I think United Nations have a camp and they let, and they let the local authority or the local groups run the camps. And they, I don't think they're unaware 100% of what's happening inside the camps, quite honestly. Wow. Um, I'm going to give the numbers to call out again. Uh, We want to hear from you about this horrible situation with refugees and especially uh, the Yazidi minority where 10,000 people were slaughtered and enslaved two years ago. Uh, We're marking that anniversary now. Uh, A lot of the women forced into sex slavery, as Reverend El Shafi was just telling us, that uh, 7,000 girls and women were taken, but now there are 3,000 or 4,000? Around 3,000, yes. Around 3,000, and uh, he is assuming that uh, the other 4,000 have, have lost their lives. 
Uh, so the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. We want to hear from you. Also, if you have thoughts on what our government should be doing, uh, Reverend El Shafi also talking about Christians and Christians not being in the same refugee camps. Christians, of course, hugely persecuted minority in the Middle East in danger of extinction, probably. That's correct. That's correct. So tell me about some of the Christians and where they are and what's happening with them. Right now, a lot of the Christians is within the church walls. So mostly they will ask to be refugees or they will be in a refugee within the church, within the church buildings. Right. Where? where? In, uh, in Kurdistan, it's Dahuk, Arbil, Sulaymaniyah. Uh, they would be scattered all over Kurdistan, basically. But uh, the, I, I think the most surprising part to me is not what's happening there on the ground. The most surprising part to me is you have here Canadian government that doesn't even want to recognize what's happening to them as a genocide. And this is, to me, the biggest shock. You have the UK Parliament, the EU Parliament, the European Union Parliament, and the American Congress recognize this as a genocide. And yet our Canadian government doesn't only, doesn't want even to consider this as a genocide. And this is, for me, a complete shocking. Mm -hmm. And uh, is there a reason for this? Quite honestly, I think it's politically correctness. I believe that this government want to do what is popular, not what is right. And that's the problem that we are facing today. We present this government a proposal where we can bring Canada, can bring 400 Yazidi girls being tortured, been raped, been enslaved by ISIS. Until now, this government did not take one step in this direction to help these four girls. And instead... This government brought 25,000 refugees. The majority of them is a Muslim Sunnis. Now, I don't mind Muslim Sunnis. I'm not trying to be politically correct. Refugee is a refugee. I don't mind. But why the majority, if not all, from one sector? Why don't bring the most vulnerable? Why don't bring people that they don't have militias to protect them or Arab Muslim countries to take them? Like the Yazidis, the gay and the lesbian, the LGBT, like the, the, the Shias, the Christians, the Yazidis. We're all of these minorities. Why, why Canada is not bringing any of these minorities? We're bringing only from one sector. Doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. You've met with the immigration minister, John McCallum. How has he responded to this? He said, contact my office. He gave me his business card. Um, I actually think he's a good man because immediately his office contacted us. We spoke with the chief of staff. Uh, we didn't hear anything back again from the chief staff. And after that, not until we I testified in the front of the Immigration and Citizenship Committee in the Canadian Parliament, that's when chief staff came and met with me in the office. Now they are waiting to, to the study of the Immigration and Citizenship Committee to be done to take a decisions. You can take as much as time as you wish, but the problem time is our enemy for these girls. They're not their friends. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Are they more or less okay in the refugee camps inside their communities? I mean, one thing I, I also understand is there a stigma in their communities because of what they've gone through. Absolutely. The, the Yazidis is considered as a, as a devil worshiper, the infidels, which they are not. They are is an, is an old religion that's very respectful, very peaceful. And now the fact that they are raped, the fact that they are used to be sex slaves, now there's stigma around them, and now they treat them as a low class in the society. So that's the way other Yazidis are treating them. 
No, that's no. the way that other communities is treating them. How are they treated in their own community? No, no, they are treated with respect and honor. Yes. Within their own community, yes. Definitely. Yep. And uh, so they're in the refugee camps. They're segregated by community. Are, are other countries making efforts to take some of them? Germany. Uh, Germany is doing a great job. Uh, different countries in Europe doing an amazing job. I think Canada is one of the countries just remain behind, not doing anything, include recognizing, recognizing what's happening as a genocide. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that uh, as far as you're concerned, it's, it's a matter of political correctness. A matter of politi- political correctness and uh, just uh, being late, like not taking an action, not the, the desire for not taking an action. You went with some conservative politicians. Why were there no liberals, no NDP there? I addressed both. I addressed two liberal MPs to join us. I addressed one NDP MP to address us, uh, to come with us, and they never responded back and they never came. So I went just with the conservative. But I made equal offer to the liberals and the NDPs. Mm-hmm. Which conservative politicians did you go with? Uh, this will be Tony Clement and Richard Harder. Okay. Tony Clement, of course, is running for the leadership. Yes. Uh, does that have an idea? He, he actually has a Middle Eastern background. I think one of his parents is, is Lebanese Christian. Is, is a Syrian. Christian? Uh, Syrian Jewish. Yeah, the other one is is either Lebanese or Syrian Christian. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I I know that there is one that, that yeah, was no, a Jewish no, Syrian. Yeah, no, no. He comes he comes from mm. a, a mixed background in the Middle East. Oh, okay. Something that is uh, probably not very welcome there, but yes. <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> that's true. That's true. But he went as a Canadian, obviously. Uh huh. Mm. And uh, did he make any promises? Should the Conservatives? I mean, the the Harper government in its time gave priority to some of the minorities that were more persecuted, even though, as you say, a refugee is a refugee. Yes. Uh, And has all of that fallen by the wayside with the liberals? Absolutely. I think the liberals, uh, their approach is that we don't look at the religion of the refugee. Refugee is a refugee. Well, that's, that's fair and that's cute. However, if... ICE is telling you in their website, I'm killing minorities, Yazidis and Christians. So it's a matter of religion. It's a matter that they are targeting the most vulnerable. When we are talking about genocide, we're talking about the genocide of the minorities in Iraq and in Syria. So if it's a genocide of the minorities, so why we are trying to ignore that and just tiptoe around it and just being politically correct about it? Let's just say that it's, they are being killed for their beliefs for who they are. What would you like us to do? I would like to remind everybody listening to us right now of one some, something happened many years ago. In 1939, there was a ship, it's called St. Louis ship, came with uh, more than 922 Jewish refugees to the shore of, the, of Canada. At this time, there was a prime minister, his name was Mackenzie King. Know the story well. And uh, Mackenzie King and his aide uh, basically said that uh, one is too many and they didn't allow the ship to come here to Canada. And most of this 900 Jews went back again to Nazi Germany and they was killed. This is the second St. Louis ship. Let's not repeat again the mistake of our history. Let's save these minorities, especially the Yazidi girls. Let's bring them here to Canada. Contact your MP, contact your prime minister, your immigration minister, your foreign affairs minister, and make a difference. 
make your voice heard. Okay. Well, that is good advice, and we should get on that right away. Thank you. Reverend Majid al-Shafi, thank you so much for coming by and for updating us on this just horrific, unspeakable story. Thank you. Thank Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.